Lucas. Do you know, yes. like, when you just see something and you're like, why are people so fucking stupid? Oh, no, what's happening? I, I feel like we're going to be getting that for at least the next month or so, because Elon Musk just bought Twitter. Oh, yeah. Which thing. means that Elon Musk fans are, like, out in force to defend a multi-billionaire. And, for example, people are pointing out, like, maybe this guy you can drop $50 billion to buy an internet platform should pay his taxes. And no, but bun- he doesn't need to, Carl. He does, he, 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 he's paid a little bit of money, and now, like, it, it's all in stock, so he doesn't need to pay it. It's like, no, it's called a workaround, folks. Yes. Well, here's the thing, because now, like, there's been about, like, six different politicians in America of, like, this is clearly a fucking horseshit. If, you can, mm-hmm. if you've got this much money, you should probably be paying something in tax. All his fans are like, we publicly paid $11 billion in tax this year. So that's a lot of money. But it's 4% of Elon Musk's net worth. And how many people do you know paid 4% income tax? I mean, I got told by an accountant to like become a CEO of my own company so that I would only have to pay, like I think it was like 11% tax. As opposed to the 25% peons have to pay. And that's only in like the smaller numbers to clarify for everyone. Like it still goes up as as you earn more, but um, well, yeah, like that's that's me getting away with less tax than a normal person, and I'm paying like a ten or eleven percent or something. Yeah, and that's just the thing of like it's going to be infuriating because like you can see like the slick PR work being done there. Of now every time he gets criticised. His his army of defenders like we paid eleven billion this year. It's like, but that's not enough. Like, so I have a few no, choice. I have a few no choice person ones making here, Lucas, like minimum of, wage pays he, he, that little. Like he paid eleven billion pounds last year. How about instead of clamouring for even more money, it uses its budget of four trillion even more efficiently? It's like, and that's exactly what he's planned for. Yep. And to clarify as well, like, don't get me wrong, most countries need to sort out what the fuck they're spending money on. Like, oh yeah, but it's, you it's look that at the fingers. amount of money they put into like police and military spends compared to anything else in America is like, yeah, they should probably be figuring out some some alternatives. But and there's a word for that. It's called whataboutism, and that mm-hmm. is a it's a deflection tactic used by people generally when they're wrong to um, mm-hmm. avoid talking about the thing that you want to talk about. So, for example, there are plenty of that. There's plenty of that in the replies of all these tweets from politicians. Like, maybe this guy who can drop 50 billion like it's nothing should, like, contribute to society more than not at all. Uh, mm. uh, but, well, what about all the stuff that, like, people avoiding tax on uh, a smaller scale? It's like, well, that's a big deal. But when a person worth several hundred billion dollars avoids mm-hmm. tax, that's several billion dollars for the country's coffers that are being stolen, essentially. There's yeah. Like, and they're both crimes, reminds, but there's a magnitude of what's being done here. It reminds me a lot of when people that, you know, make zero effort towards, like, energy savings and recycling and stuff, when they're like, like, yeah, but the companies should sort that out, not us, we're not the problem. It's like, what about all those countries that are polluting? And it's like, it's just an excuse to not do anything. Yeah. So you're not actually wanting to have a conversation about this because that's also a conversation that can be had. It's not the conversation we're having now, but if you're bringing it up, we can have it. And they don't want to because the moment you try and address that or engage with it, they'll they'll back down because they don't actually want to have that conversation. They just want to use it as a club to shut you up. Yeah, and that's not something I was bringing up to specifically oh, yeah. talk about it. It was more just like, 
that's an everyday example that I see a lot that maybe people can like, you know, relate to a bit more mm-hmm. rather than like talking about billions of dollars of tax. And there's also as well like the uh, the Nirvana fallacy, which comes into a, a play a lot in these conversations where it's because there's no perfect solution, we shouldn't try to find mm. one. And that's another one that comes into play of like, well, we're not going to fix all the problems anyway, so what's the point? And he goes, the point is that we should try and fix some of the problems. Fixing some problems is better than fixing no problems at all. No. And, and when you try to fix something or address something, there's no, it's not a binary thing, but it's very useful um, if you are like a soulless corporate billionaire to mm-hmm. present it as a binary choice because that way you can force people into choosing the choice that you want. And something I've mm-hmm. become more aware of in recent years is the fact that like, billionaires, it's probably something we should all know, but like you, you kind of know it, but then you have to... like be told and go oh it's much worse than you think is that billionaires and people who are extraordinarily wealthy have entire teams of people whose entire job it is is to um uh, like smooth out those rough edges and the one that surprised me and it probably shouldn't have is like bill gates has one and bill gates and it came out after him and his wife got divorced where his wife revealed that he has an entire pr team whose only job it is is to stop negative stories about bill gates getting out of course. And yeah. anytime there's a negative story getting out, they'll like make they'll organize like a press thing or they'll get him to do something or they'll leak something um, positive that he's done and get it buried by the press. And it's the same thing with like um, Elon Musk, probably more visible example of this. Of he's very visibly manipulating the stock market and he's manipulate. He knows that he has this wild fan base who will defend him to the hilt over anything because he's like weird internet meme man. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. you can see in real time where people are voicing a very legitimate concern of pay your fucking taxes. And he's got people arguing for him that he shouldn't pay taxes. He's got people legitimately arguing that he doesn't need to pay any more tax after paying 4% income tax in like five mm-hmm. years. And um, as well, just that reminded me of there was a story going around recently. Uh, yeah, like April 21st. So like, you know, five days, days ago. Yeah. And um it was actually about like a story of um Meta, the company like Facebook was. Uh, yes. the chief operating officer COO, Sheryl Sandberg, is facing internal scrutiny after pressuring UK tabloid the Daily Mail to kill a story about her former boyfriend at Division Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick. <laughs> so she was trying to like bury shit stories about like Activision Blizzard's like Bobby Kotick being just a horrible, awful person to work with, and now she's getting shit because she's been like trying to bury a bunch of shit about him. And we all know that, like, people in power and wealthy people do that, but to see it happen literally in public, mm-hmm. it's happening. It's like Twitter, the reason Elon Musk bought it is, is describing it as like, oh, it's a public square for a free exchange of information and ideas. And goes, so, why do you continually like? tell your, your own staff not to unionize. Like if you're all about like a free exchange of ideas and collaborative effort working together, why do you hate unions? Why is your company being sued in like three different states for being like horribly racist? Why did you pay out actual tangible money to a guy who was treated so horrifically racist by your own staff that you had to quit? Why do you suppress stories like that? Why do you like encourage your yeah. fans to shut down stories like that? Why do you actively tell your fans to go harass parody websites and making jokes about you. I thought you were all for free speech and comedy is covered under free speech. 
Well, that's the funny thing, isn't it? He's constantly like framing this as if he's going to make Twitter the ultimate free speech platform, but he has had multiple like stories come out about him suppressing and like trying to just silence people that have come out against him or his companies. Yeah, and it's uh but the fact that it's happening in public, you can see it happening. Mm-hmm. You can like and that's the thing, just scrolling through the replies to that while I was like, wait, if you was going call, like he doesn't need a PR team anymore. Because anytime he does anything wrong, this weird army of people are just gonna jump in and defend him. Like he's legitimately got people arguing that he shouldn't pay tax. Like, there are people out there defending the idea of him paying. Like, they're, they're, actually, I rate the idea of someone suggesting that him paying 4% of his income is not enough when the average man on the street, which includes probably every single person defending him in those mentions, mm-hmm. is paying literally, what, 10 times more overall when you like. Potentially, all like, you know, minimum wage, you're paying what, like 20% or something, depending on your country and your state. And you're paying like VAT and sales that. tax and everything, which he won't pay because he'll get it all back as a business. It's like. And. You just think, like, do you know when you watch, like, Django Unchained? And you have, like, okay. what's it now? Like, Samuel L. Jackson's character. Oh, defending the racist people and everything, yeah. even though he's, like, a slave in himself. And this is probably, yeah. like, a really, like, crass example. Like, you know, the idea of the Uncle Tom. But, hey, folks at home, if you can let me know, is there a less racially charged term for someone who's just, like, an Uncle Tom for rich people? Is Uncle Tom a phrase? Is that like it's, a thing? yeah? It's um, it's to describe the idea of like Joe the house slaves, like similar to like, it's basically what Samuel Jackson's character Sam is. Jackson's uh, character, yeah, right. Okay. Like, they are actively taking part in that um, the disfranchising of their own people because, because they're, they're because just they're, going along with like what is you know acceptable at the time. Like yeah, like just... that they are um, actively selling out their own people to improve their own lot in life. I guess so that they um, don't they're not the um, uh, the subject of the ire and you have that now with like is there a word for that with rich people of poor people actively defending the wealthy people who would step over them in a heartbeat and do not even see them as people. I guess another term like that's not accurate but you could use it's almost like Stockholm syndrome but for like yeah. the the upper class keeping like the lower class in some kind of weird Stockholm syndrome state and I know there's like conversations about whether Stockholm syndrome actually exists or not and stuff but yeah yeah it's a useful um, analogy though isn't it? but I'm just thinking mm-hmm. like is there a term like what how do you describe like the Uncle Toms of like classes mm-hmm. of like you have this ultra elite billionaire overlord class getting defended by working people because they post memes yeah and like you ex- you experience it on like a lower level where like I've got friends who are like, you know, working class people or maybe like working class to lower middle class, you know, mm-hmm. depending on your, your definition and stuff. But like they are actively defending all the shit that's been going on in the Tory government and telling them like, you know, they've done nothing wrong and stuff. It's like, stop telling me that these people getting people like murdered and in putting people in food banks to live and stuff like stop telling me they deserve a rise every year. Like a pay rise. It's where you get the term, temporarily embarrassed millionaires. And it's like, you'll see it all the time with um, estate tax is a really common one where every couple of years they raise the idea. uh, Most of the governments of, uh, you know, America and 
um, the UK raised the idea of an estate tax of when you pass on, we're going to tax your estate before it's passed on to your loved ones. And it's always mm-hmm. framed as the government stealing the money or leaving your children. And the detail that's always lost is that doesn't even come into play until you're leaving over like several hundred thousand. I think in America, it's like a million dollars, the estate tax they have. And every time they try and change it, outrage happens. If like this affects less than 1% of people, but you'll always have the average man and woman on the street. But, but what about if I become a millionaire one day? It's like, you won't. Chances well, are you won't. And if you do, wouldn't you want to pay your fair share to no, maintain no the country that allowed you to attain that level of wealth? People don't think of it that way, but it's like similar to, I don't know the exact details, but like obviously when Joe Biden went in power, they talked about like the tax rises and average people on the street were shooting it down, not thinking about the fact that like you had to earn, what was it like over 200 $50,000 a year for it to start affecting you or some shit like that. And that's that. where you get that amazing exchange by that girl who was on Tinder and she was just getting yelled at by a guy of about Joe Biden because that's just what men on Tinder do in America, apparently. Mm. And uh, she says, do you, I, I disagree with the tax cut. And she just sent a message about, you earn over $400,000 a year. And his response, which will go down just in history, was just simply <laughs> not yet. So why do you care then? It literally mm-hmm. does not affect you by your own admission, like, but not yet though. But the people it does affect are so wealthy they won't feel the sting and it makes the country you live in better. The phrase, all ships rise with the tide. The more money that goes into the economy and like for social services, what that means, mm. everybody's lot in life gets better. Your life will tangibly improve because the lives of others who are less fortunate will improve. And it's bizarre to think like, that these people would rather the country stay in a shitter state now, just on the off chance that they get hypothetical to, uh... money taken from them in the future, and it's like what? But okay, it's, yeah, well, that's sure. what it all comes down to. Is it? it's fuck you got mine. Mm-hmm. That's, that's all it is. That's it's... capitalism. It's how people are raised. It's like fuck you got mine. But I think it's... like the older I get, the more I realise that I I'm probably like you know, defined as like a socialist or some shit like that. I don't really like enjoy the, you know, bracketeering people into one belief because I wouldn't necessarily believe the same as another person. But yeah. Well, that's what you get, isn't it? It's that, um, uh, again, that breakdown of it. Like, it's as I get older, I wonder, am I really left wing? Or is it just that um, people's opinion has been so horribly polarized by these right wing think tanks that think thinking that someone deserves basic rights like food, water, and clothing, and housing. There's apparently a liberal thought, yeah. Yeah, with just that every person deserves basic dignity and respect. And in that vein, Lucas, we've got to do some housekeeping. Like, speaking of, we like, do. now, keeping things in order. That was, we went off, we went off in a bit yeah. of a one there. Like, that's usually what happens when me and you get drunk, isn't it? Yes, yeah. And we could talk, like, uh, I think it's fairly common with online content creators where every, I, I want to say it's every day, it's every, definitely not every day, but it feels like it I is. I mean, every day with like some, because there's so many content creators out there. Like if you mm. go to like, I think it's like live stream fail on oh, Reddit, right, yeah. every other day there is like another person who got banned that you've never heard of. Mm-hmm. And it's always, they get a bit drunk or they get a bit rowdy and they'll say something racist or horribly offensive. Like super like, you know, transphobic, homophobic, sexist. Um, like, yeah, just and there was one recently, I think it's like, yeah. some like Minecraft streamer, like, oh, here's just footage of when he was 16, and he's just got KKK paraphernalia in his videos for a joke. Uh, and it's, 
And it's every other, and I feel like me and you are the inverse of that, where when yeah. we're streaming, we have to avoid getting too drunk. Not because we get physically, we get super liberal and start ranting about <laughs> people deserve basic respect. And we've had yeah. streams where we're doing that and we've, we have to calm ourselves down because we're like yelling at people in our chat, like, respect people's pronouns, you fucker. I still think my favorite one was like a guy that came into one of our chats as we'd had a couple of drinks and was like, oh, um, I, I don't know like what your guys' political beliefs are. Are you like you guys conservatives or are you guys We, um, we just like you saw not? red. And we both went on like an hour and a half run about like the most liberal shit in the world and it like they came back in chat like a, as I say like, an hour and a half later or whatever and was like I actually can't believe I asked you to that question. Like, holy shit. It's that thing. I, it uh, more gets me because in the UK, the class divide is really real. And I mm. remember someone asking me, are you conservative at all? And I went, listen to my accent. I've got a strong northern accent. I'm from a working class town. Like, fuck I am. Yeah, it likelihood is if you've got a Scottish or strong northern English accent... And a lot of Wales as well, to be fair. Like, like Wales Wales is it is, you're not a Tory. And that's why most people don't like Tories, because it's like a fraction of the population is deciding what's best for everyone else. Like, you've got London deciding what's best for, like, Manchester and shit. It's like, fuck you. But, Lucas, housekeeping. I was always to mention that, because I, I find that yeah. quite amusing, that we are the seeming exception to that rule of content creators revealing they're horrible people. When they get drunk or they don't think people like that, we actually reveal like we're way more opinionated and liberal than we let on. We are horrible socialists, Carl. We are. (laughs) Damn liberals. Um, Yeah, so anyway, um, I mentioned last week and I got my dates mixed up. I'm like, oh yeah, Carl's taken a couple of weeks off. Clearly he's not this week. It's because we realised, I could talk about this, I thought I'd be busier this week, but because I'm, I'm traveling through to America on Friday. Mm-hmm. But the actual planning stuff has gone fairly seamlessly. But it's after I go back from America that I'm going to be busy because I get back from America and it turns out my brother's stag do is the day I get back from the United States so after a 14-hour flight. And I have to get a train from the airport to Sheffield to get another bag that I'm packing later on, then get picked up by my dad and drive down to where my brother's stag do is for a four-day-long bender with my brother and my cousins, and I've got to come back and work. So I can't do the podcast during that time. Which will be like, yeah, I think I think that means you're out completely for two weeks worth of uh, From podcasts. today, yes. Um, so after this one, I think there's like a two-week break, and then hopefully, de- depending on whether Carl is like dead or not after those two weeks, like hopefully we can we can get back on it. We but, can figure uh, something out, yes. We'll, I'm sure we'll like let people know um, as and when. And yeah, from then on, uh, we're gonna be attempting to like you know record the podcast live um like streaming from youtube onto uh patreon so that anybody who supports us on patreon at any tier will be able to to watch us record these live and if not podcasts will be on podcast services as usual on the thursday i can't wait for someone to get annoyed about that it's just going to be as normal but like as an extra bonus for our patreon members uh we will be hopefully live streaming it through Patreon on like uh, YouTube and that. And then yeah. that will just be uh, patreon.com forward slash untitled side channel. Yes. And what other um, uh, house community I think we've got to mention the Carl's Corner QA at gmail.com. 
Send us some questions, because in the last month we've had like five and we need questions to make another Q&A episode. And the Q&A episodes are really handy, because they're just like easy ones for us to do. We don't have to find anything to talk about online. It's basically you're making the content for us. There we go. That's great, like, yeah. Make, why, why are people not making our content for us? It's very annoying. <laughs> if someone um, wants to come in and edit the podcast after the fact as well, I might no, be so, able to uh, get someone who knows how to edit audio a bit better than me. No, because I'd have to pay them. No, no, do it for free and then I'll take the payment. It's fine. Uh, Joe, the people out there who do that. Yeah, I know. I know. It's really rough in it. So that was a, a joke to clarify. For one us. thing, though, I'm going to say, though, is if you are going to ask us questions, uh, I'm going to give you some advice on how not to ask a question because I got this one yesterday on the Patreon because um, one of the things I'm going to, I um, I think we're going to do if we have time is just like record shorts of us answering Q&A for, um, related to the channel and stuff. Yeah, we just, again, another little bonus thing for like giving support on Patreon is just if you've got a question to ask us, like ask a question on this post and mm. then we might get around to like answering in a YouTube short on the channel. Yeah. And within 30 seconds of posting that, I got a question that was simply, how did Carl get a yank for a girlfriend? Lol. And first of all, respect my fucking privacy. Mm. Like if I want to really like reveal that information, I reveal that information. But also my girlfriend has a name. She's appeared on the channel. She is named. It is Lulu. And also, think, don't talk about women like that. Yeah, and I know they, they responded, like, apologising after the fact. And I think it's one of those, again, like, that we've talked about a lot on the podcast, of, like, the weird part of a parasocial relationship where they said, oh, sorry, I was trying to be a bit flippant and jokey and I shouldn't have done. But, like, not, don't talk uh, to strangers like this. But, again, like, I understand that, like, you know, people have heard us a lot and think they know us, but not yes. the other way around, and that's... Again, the parasocial relationship coming in of people, and I think I've done it in the past and learned my lesson. We've all been, we've all done like, it. Yeah, yeah. I'm just giving people like, advice. Don't do that to my girlfriend. When I showed her that, I was like, mm -hmm. why can't people just be fucking normal? Yeah, why and can't that's they the thing. just be normal? Of like, there is a, there is a, you know, obviously a nicer way to ask that question. You can ask that question. What it's Carl's choice to answer it or not. And I but answer like, it by just saying, don't talk about women like that for a start. Is that you get a yeah, girlfriend? Yeah. And 100%. And like, we, you know, uh, talked about it privately and stuff a little bit of just like, oh, yeah, like, that's not the way to, to talk about women. And just like, again, I understand that it was said in a harmless manner, but just you have to think, we don't know who you are. And like, again, I fell into that trap previously of like making a joke as if I was, you know, Part of that power, so part of that social relationship group. Oh, I, I, I get it all the time. And like, it happens. We understand, but like, just it's just worth pointing out. To, yeah, it's it's worth pointing out because it's a heads up to people that might think that's okay. Just like think a little bit and just think if you had a, this in your inbox from a complete stranger, how would you respond? Because that's that's unfortunately like whether you like it or not, that is who our audience are to us. We don't know anything about you. And that's the thing. There's a couple of um, people in the audience I'm somewhat familiar with. Like we've got both have discords, and there are common um, like posts. There are some names I'd recognise from yeah being in my my discord or like on my streams, commenting a lot and stuff like that. Yeah, and that's one of those things where over time, when you get a level of familiarity with someone, that's when that sort of thing. But that's because we're directly interacting with them, like obviously via um, the medium of the internet. But that's when. I don't, I don't want to call it a relationship, but there's a familiarity there. 
like a shared um, experience. It's, where it's have... not so much that like you'd say that you have a relationship. It's more that you understand that like there's a little bit of trust there because they've been polite in your community for a, a longer period of time. And you get that uh, benefit of the doubt. Which mm-hmm, strangers exactly. unfortunately don't, because you know there's a lot of bad. Ex- a lot of people have a lot of bad experiences with complete strangers, especially online. Mm-hmm. But um, what's the rest of the housekeeping we've got to do, Monfrey? Uh I mean, we mentioned like the Patreon a couple of times. Like, yeah, go go support us, and if you don't have the money to support us, uh, there is Watch also the just untitled side channel, the channel on YouTube. Like, go check it out. We've we're all making content on there and like trying out fun new ideas and stuff. So just, uh, yeah, there's plenty of content up already and there's more to come and just... There's a lot uh, to come. Yeah. I think it's like the week that I'm back, we've had like tentatively planned for like um, a big meetup between us all. And it's either the the week after or the week after. I can't remember, but yeah. We'll figure it out. Time. It's, it's going to get announced somewhere or other. But is that all the housekeeping done? Uh, I was just going to mention as well, like, you know, if you want extra fact-feeding content, like you can also check out like... the the TikTok and the Instagram for just like extra little facts. You're so much better stuff. at this than I am. I'm glad that I've started to like differ. This is why I've written always. notes down. <laughs> I never write notes. I remember everything and then I forget. And then you know what? If it if I didn't remember, if it wasn't that important, I wouldn't have remembered it. That makes there sense to me. Shut up. Uh, you know, I'll take your word for it. Um, but yeah, like I guess that's all the housekeeping for everyone. Uh, Perfect. So what have you Send been us some to? questions. <laughs> send us questions. Just not ones that are like intensely private or by mm-hmm. prying into our personal lives. Because that's the awkward thing about that. Of um, I think I specifically put, um, just if you have any like non-channel related, because you know, like those silly ones we always get like favorite video games and stuff like We get asked mm-hmm. all the time. If we have like a video that we can point to, maybe that'd be helpful. Yeah. And within like 30 seconds, people prying into my private life. <laughs> and it's just, have a little bit of thought. Yeah. Of, like, does this person want to volunteer this? I think volunteer. Is this a question that I find upsetting or um, confusing from a random person? Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah. So, what have you been up to this week, Monfrey? Because like me, it's just been planning uh, for my trip. So that's been uh, like at the forefront of my mind. And I'll tell you something for free, mate. It mm. is fucking weird planning to fly at this exact moment in time. Hmm. So like during the pandemic, everything was like super regimented, and uh, mm-hmm. like my girlfriend, you know, let's bring her up. I'm volunteering this information. She travelled once or twice during the pandemic, and it was strange. But because there were so many stipulations, it was oddly a lot simpler than you'd expect. Like it yeah. was because it was very strict, but because it was very strict, there was little room for error or interpretation and things to go wrong. Like it was There's a lot of systems in place to make it's sure like that you it turn went, up at this time, safely. you take a COVID mm-hmm. test here, you go to this part, you wait, you get called onto your plane. Now but we still is that have like these a things... weird halfway house. Now is that yes? We still have all here? these systems in place, but nobody gives a fuck. Mm. So, for example. Um, I need to take a COVID test before I fly. So I'm like staying isolated in my house just to like minimize my risk of catching anything. Yeah. And But because no one gives a fuck about COVID apparently anymore, the places I can go to get the test are incredibly limited. And it's turned out I now need to get, I've got a test delivered to my house. I need to take the day before because that's one of the things as well. It's like you've got to get it 24 hours before you go. But I fly at eight o'clock in the morning. And I was like, okay, so is there any place at the airport open? Well, they're open at seven. Okay, so they're open at 7, I fly at 8. It takes half an hour to do, so I literally can't get this 
test done at the airport before I fly. They What's open my... at 7. They open at 7, but the airport is open 24 hours a day. Yeah, like, how is that not open 24 hours exactly. with the Exactly. They used to be, but now they're right. not. Because they're like, right. there's not as many people... Like, even though there are more people flying now than ever. Because everything's opened back up again. Exactly. More so, countries are allowing, like, free travel again and stuff, yeah. So that's why it's weird. It's like, so how do I actually fly? And then on top of that, Manchester Airport, you'd think they'd realise this, if half their staff's gone ill with COVID. So I'm being predicted um, on like when I'm checking the website and the, all the updates, three hour time to get through security. So I need to get to the airport for at least five o'clock in the morning to make sure I can get through security with the current delays. So I now have, and then to get to the airport at five o'clock in the morning, I've got to get a train at three o'clock in the morning. I didn't so, even know there were trains at three o'clock in the morning. There are, but they're like, they, there's one. Yeah, of course. There's one, and the train station is shut. You go to the platform, and they have a security guard outside. Because I've mm. had to do this when I flew before. And then, so when do I get my COVID test? Well, can I go to somewhere in Sheffield where I'm based? No, there's nowhere in Sheffield that does it. That's not like on the boonies on the outskirts. Mm-hmm. Okay, can I take a test at home? You can, but you need to have it um, signed off on. So someone needs to watch you take it. Okay, can I go to the airport the day before? You can, but there's no hotels in the airport, and I don't really want to hang around an airport when I'm not supposed to. because And uh, as well, like, you'd be there for, what, like, 24 hours or whatever? Yeah, because I thought, maybe I can go last thing at night and then just sleep in the airport. Oh, they shut at 7 at night. <sighs> but flights can go any time during the day. It's 24 hours. So I now they have, have t- a 12-hour window where you can get the test done. Yeah. So what I'm having to do is I've ordered a COVID test in my house and then I have to go on Zoom and a doctor's going to watch me take it and sign off on my results the day before. Like, is this a different test than the ones you can order? Uh, it's a different, it's a specific kind of test, but it needs to be viewed by a professional. And the only Oh no, way yeah, f- but I'm just thinking like, if I'm on a Zoom call with you, I could have easily taken a test last week. No, I have to take the test, in, I have to open it and take it in front of them on camera. On yeah, Zoom, but, but show them the results. You, you could have a test that I've made earlier kind of situation of like, put one test down I'm and while sure it's waiting for there. the results, bring out a different test and show them the one that's... Yeah, like, I'm I, sure there are people out there who've tried to do stuff like that and there are many stories of people trying to circumvent these um, stipulations, which is why it's baffling to me that they're not more encompassing. Mm-hmm. Especially when you think like the airport more people than ever going in these places that do the test in the airport how will they not how do they not have the money and the justification to be open 24 hours a day and it how doesn't will they not sound like that the it's only temporary because a lot of their staff have got covid it sounds like that's how it just is now and here's the thing as well you need it to fly so it's not even yeah. like it's like a niche thing it's like every person who goes into that airport needs this thing mm-hmm. and yet they're not open 24 hours a day but the airport is, that's the weird, th- yeah. So I now have to take a test on Zoom, show it to a doctor who's then going to like email me my certificate, which I then have to print off because America does not take the COVID QR codes. They only have paper. Right. So I need to go somewhere else and print that off. <sighs> ri- risking, I, you know, myself, because I don't have a printer in my house. Who the fuck has a printer in the house in this day and age? Everything's no, digital. Do. Maybe you can print it and scan it. So I can't have it on my phone. But then the issue is, like, 
Yeah, because if I print and scan it to you, then you need to print it off again. Yeah, and I also as well have like my... It's just that thing of how is this not the most regimented, strict shit ever? How is this not... And then you mm-hmm. remember, try to fly a couple of years ago mm-hmm. before all this, and it was still a nightmare. They never figured it out. And I just want to mention as well, by the way, for anyone that like thinks, why have I got a printer? Because once every like eight months one pain in the ass thing comes up and i'm like now i've got to fucking figure out how to get this printed yeah luckily and for me it, there's like a western union nearby so i'm gonna go in there but it's that annoying thing of america yeah. is so backwards that they don't have the qr code thing you have to have a printed out thing because i remember i went through the airport in america a few years ago mm-hmm. and they have digital things set up for checking in yeah but so you go in you get your passport number you put it all in and it confirms it with like your Esther or your visa status and the stuff you mm-hmm. did when you set off. You get that, you get a printout, and then you take that printout to a person at a desk who got to review it manually. And it's like, why? <laughs> what is the... And I looked it up after the fact is because they've got a very... The TSA has a union and the union insists that a person has to overlook everything, even though the digital stuff's making it faster. So in effect, adding all this digital stuff to streamline it made it slower because then you've got people who are unfamiliar with what the digital stuff means having to yep. check over it. So it would have been quicker to just walk up to the desk and have them check it and input the same data into the computer. Because that's what the guy did. I handed him it and he put the same data I just did in <laughs> to check that the information I put in was the same as what I've just done. And I saw the screenshot. Do you know when it takes your photo? Mm-hmm. It takes your photo. It's like, oh, is your face there? That popped up. And he looked yeah. at that and then looked at me and then looked at my passport. I was like, why did I just walk up? This is what I looked like 30 seconds ago. Yeah, and it's like... It's fucking infuriating. Such, such a weird thing. And like, I... I've occasionally had to deal with like similar things. Like anytime you have to deal with like HMRC, like our government shit, oh, of like, oh no, you've got to have a printout of your bank statement created why? like from your bank. Is it? But I've got it on my phone. I've got it online. I've got it in an email. I I've paperless on all my bills and stuff. No, we've got to have an original printout of a bill. Can I print off the digital copy of my bill and send? Nope, nope. Got to have original copy from the one that's got I don't i'm paperless i don't get bills sent to my house and that no but we need an original bill sent from your house it's a, and that's like, what i've been why doing are we like, still stuck in like the fucking 90s how is it this difficult like you know like that's the thing the most difficult part of it is it's just that the infrastructure is not there even though there is the most demand for it like yeah. all this stuff about getting a covid t- i thought well, it's gonna be a piece of piss they'll have them in the airport you literally can't fly without this thing. Surely airlines are... Like, why are airlines not including it in the cost of your ticket? Mm-hmm. Why don't they just say, as part of your ticket, okay, you pay an extra 20 quid and you get a COVID test on the day? I was going to say, like, yeah, just bump up the price by however much it needs to go up. And then How? How is that not a thing? How is it that I have to get one? How is it my responsibility to do it, even though the airline is their requirement? Mm-hmm. And how is this something that private companies are able to do? Why is it not something that's handled by the government so the cost can be kept down and there's like uniformity in um, uh, um, uh, restrictions and rules? Bizarre as well to me because how many private testing companies have like come out and been massively profitable since COVID? Exactly. And like, how, how are they not jumping on it? Well, they are. That's the thing. But they're all like based like bumfuck nowhere. Like presumably, no, the docs- but, like how are they not jumping on like getting a deal to get in the airport to do this shit? Twenty-four. It's it's infuriating. So I'm having to deal with this. Of because, like I said, I thought, well, I'm flying at eight o'clock in the morning. I'll probably I, and I'm getting in at five. That's why I'm getting in at five. So I think, well, 
I can fly through security at five o'clock in the morning. And if not, mm-hmm. I'm going to be knackered out so I won't give a shit. But then I thought, well, where do I get my test done? Well, surely they're going to be open this time. Cause if there's a if there's a train arriving at this time, there's people mm-hmm. in the air. No. At least on the positive side, Carl, I get you're going to be quite likely to sleep on the plane. I am most likely going to be sleeping on that plane. I hope it's one plane or like and that's two the planes. Like, I've got to do it when I come back as well. Which, you know, it makes sense, but I have to go through all the rigmarole again. But, of course, like you can't just assume that you're going to spend like 10 days in America and not catch COVID. Exactly. So it, it, ma- days ago, yeah. it makes sense to do that thing. But it's just that thing. There is no... It's not streamlined and there's no like just all-encompassing system that handles it, even though mm-hmm. it would make things infinitely easier and safer for everybody. Like if there was just like a... Th- a thing in the airport of like when you check in, it's like, okay, you're this number, we've got this many million, like this many hundreds of these set up. At this point, you go through to here, you'll get your thing, and then go through to security. Instead, it's just like, it's like when you go through security and they try and they have it sorted, and you're just like, and you see them trying to direct people into queues, and people just walk up, and even though they have 50 signs mm-hmm. and you're waiting in a queue for an hour, and every 30 seconds is a thing over the tannoy. Remember to take all of your liquids and uh, put them in a plastic bag. Remove all electronics from your back. People get up to the thing and go, oh, fuck, and start getting them out one by one. It's like, how? Yeah. How are people this stupid? I think, like, there's times when the queue's gone quite slowly where I've been stood there for, like, a good half an hour with all my, my bottles, like, yep. zip-locked in a bag, like, the ones I'm allowed on. I know the, the ones I'm not allowed on. Yep. Like, I've got my electronics out and I'm stood there like a dumbass for like a good half hour watching people ready. Know. Ready. Like, I've got them all organized, all just put them in, go. Like, let's go. And then, yeah, there's people who get up there and it's like, wait, what? What do you mean? And then you get people arguing, like, what do you mean that, like, I'm not allowed to leave a bottle on there? Like, no it's, one ever warned me of this as they're it, surrounded by signs that is like, do not take this in. It's, it's 100 mils only. It's like, it's really sad. How are people this stupid? Mm-hmm. How can people be this willfully dense? And like when, oblivious. Like, because it's like screaming at your face, essentially. Like, as you say, over like the announcements and everything in your posters everywhere. Yeah. Your entire peripheral is like encompassed by all these warnings and things. And like, Everything you can see is do this, do this, do this. They even have people handing out the plastic bags as you walk through. Mm-hmm. And I've seen when I've been flying, people go, well, I never got one. It's like there were three people handing them out as you walk through. There's one that you can see them from where you're stood. And that's the thing is like most people nowadays, most adult people, it's not going to be their first flight because like, you know, people fly a lot more nowadays. Obviously, it's a lot more accessible and a lot cheaper. Like... I knew from the age of like 16 to have all that bagged up and stuff anyway. And then you get people that, you know, just clearly are not their first time. And then they're still like, well, I didn't get a bag. That what you should know. Do you know what it is? It's like, it's almost impressive. I said how willfully ignorant people can be. <laughs> of, It's... It's so difficult to describe how just frustrating it must be to deal with those people. And like, they are the reason why they have like choking warnings on plastic bags. Mm-hmm. Like, you know those ones of like, do not put like your laptop in the bath and stuff like that. And the ones where it's like, you know, 
um, do not dance on these like wet, slippery tables in bars and shit. And it's and you know that signs there. Be- Every time you see a sign warning you to not do something that would be the most stupid thing in the world, someone it's did it. because somebody did it. it it's, it's like not, it's do just not, did it. Do not punch your head through this wall. Is because someone did it. It's because they did it and then complained that there was no warning telling them not to do it. <laughs> and that's why I've seen it multiple times when I've been flying of people trying to argue with the security guy, like the guy who they've just seen. Like they've been sitting in the same queue I have and watched 500 people go through and have to deal with this thing, pull out mm. all their electronics and stuff like that. Like, and they have like, there's five different places where it says, pour your liquids in here, put your liquids in here. Do you have a plastic bag? Here is a plastic bag. They get there and go, no one told me. It's like, do you, every... do you, like, yeah, do you have big shoes on? Take your shoes off. Like, take your laces off ahead of time. Do it now. And they'll even tell you as you're getting ready to go into the queue, they'll have a guy who looks you up and down and says, have you got all this done? Okay, go to that one. Yeah. And I've seen people mm-hmm. get told that, walk to the wrong one. And the guy's like, I'm sorry, I'm not doing this. Or try and walk through the security without do- with their bag. It's like, how do you live? How like, do you do anything in life? Though, have you ever seen, though, have you ever seen a man refuse to get in the full body scanner? Yes. Yeah, I've, I've been held up by that one before. Refusing to go through it. It's like, it's going to give me cancer. It's like... Oh, no, I, I just heard a guy like, oh, I, I don't want you to see what I look like naked. And he was that insecure. It's like, they see like thousands of tiny penises every day mate it's fine just go through and the fact that you're acting like this means it's the smallest one they're gonna see today <laughs> is that thing is it like acting like that is like way more evocative of like your insecurity than like it's it's as we've mentioned in the fact a small penis energy isn't it yeah. like you don't need to show us it you you've exuded the energy to let us know it's it's baffling to me i, I can't figure it out and just but like you said everything in this person's peripheral is screaming at them to do this thing. It's like, do you know mm-hmm. that meme where it's like Garfield? And it's just the sign that says no no entry to Garfield. It's like, ooh, I wonder who that sign's for. <laughs> it's that. It actually reminds me of like um I was watching a Parks and Rec episode the other day where like they, they box off the park <sighs> to like break the yeah. ground and it's like um Amber's over there. It says like no trespassing. Well, surely that doesn't mean us. It says no, no Leslie Nope. Well, there's plenty of Leslie Nopes in the world. It surely doesn't mean me. There's a picture with your face on the side. I thought you meant the one where it's like Ron's in the office. And I think it's one of the things that just sums up working in customer service. But the lady walks in and goes, there was a sign at the park that said, don't drink the water. So I made some tea with it. And now I've got an infection. And just Ron Swanson <laughs> just turns around in his chair. And he's like, I can't deal with this. And he's like, that's, that's the public. Mm-hmm. There was a sign telling me not to do something. I did it. I'm injured. It, this is your fault. And it's like, hello, I acknowledged the sign, ignored the sign, and now I have a problem. Please do something about this. Like, this is your problem. Mm-hmm. And it's oh, it's God. actually amazing. It's like, yeah, God, I just... And the the worst thing, I think, for me, like, the one, well, not the worst, I find it amusing... But maybe the most tired thing when I like started traveling a bit more often. Yes, tell me. Is going to the passport check. Because Carl, you've seen my passport, Mm -hmm. where my hair was so pink that it blew out the color balance on the camera, and it looks like I am a ghost with like some pink, vague orange fluffy cloud above my head and it's that thing of like if it was fake it would not look this comically fake (laughs) 
And every time it's like, the person will take my passport. They'll look at it. They'll look at it. They'll giggle to themselves. They'll then get the other people sitting near them to also, like, they pass it around every time. They, like, laugh at my passport to the point of passing that fucker about the table. And, like, there's normally, like, one or two people next to them. And I'm, like, stood there for, like, two, three minutes as they all laugh at my passport. And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's funny, admittedly. Like, I, I yeah. joke about it myself. But the fact that it's the 30th time I've seen the passport checkers do this, I'm like, I just want to get out. I just want to go home. The one that cracks me up is, like, um, I've filled in Esther to go to America. And it's just one of those things, it's like, no one is ever, like, if that is not going to stop a terrorist, like, Joe, they they literally ask you on this form, have you ever been convicted of terrorism? It's like, well, I'm not going to say, yeah, am I? <laughs> like, I don't know what this form is. I'm Do not familiar with it. It's the Esther, it's what you have to fill in to um, travel to America um, as a tourist. I've only ever been in Europe, so. Okay, it's like, it costs like $10 to do, but it's just this thing of like, to waive your visa, that you can travel over there for like up to three months at a time. And they have like right, the equivalent yeah. for Americans coming to the UK. Mm. And it's just this thing like, on this form, it just says stuff like, um, uh, have you ever been convicted of a crime? Um, have you ever been to like these countries? It's like countries where they've had like um, uh, terrorists and like pandemics mm. and stuff like that. And it's like, okay. And then one of them is just, have you ever been convicted of? And I remember it so clearly because it's so stupid. <laughs> terrorism or genocide. And it's like, Holy who's shit. going to say yes? And like, if I, and if I was, writes down... Yeah, committed genocide once, it's over now. <laughs> well, that's the thing, because there was a lady who accidentally... Because it just says, like, yes or no. And Joe, it's when you go through a form, you just click no, 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 for everything. When you're doing a multiple choice quiz, it's like A, B, C, A, B, C, Like when you go to, like, the dentist, and it's like, oh, do you suffer from this? And you're like, no, no, yeah, no, 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 no. You don't no, read it, no, it's like, no, no, yeah. no, none of it applies to me. She accidentally clicked the one that says, yes, I'm a terrorist. And got all the way to America before being taken into like an interview and asked, why did you say you're a terrorist? She's like, what? And she's like this old lady. She's like, what? If I was a terrorist, why would I just say yes? That's the Yeah, that's that's the weirdest thing. It's like, how stupid do you have to be to be a terrorist in the past, get caught, and then admit the next time you're traveling that you are a terrorist? It's like, if you're gonna perform a terrorist action you're very likely to just lie and say no to that question so we have it here are you ready um uh, i've got the story on bbc news uh, mandy stevenson <laughs> so and this makes it worse lucas cancer patient mandy stevenson had to postpone a bucket list trip to new york after she accidentally <gasps> oh, labeled no. herself a terrorist on her visa waiver form the online application asking and here it is asked if she was seeking to or had ever engaged in terrorist activities or genocide. So he asked you like, are you currently trying to be a terrorist? And she mistakenly answered, yes. And she said she only realized the error when the application was rejected. And she had to travel to the US embassy in London to persuade officials she was not a security threat. And she had to have interviewed. It's like that thing of, if I was, why would I say it? Yeah, yeah. Man, like, just I I don't know why that's a question because like it seems it's, like a null point because well, anybody that is or is, has been convicted of terrorism he's not going to probably not going to tell you. So we have it here. Like one of the questions is: Do you seek to engage in 
Um, terrorist activities, espionage, sabotage, or genocide. If you were there for espionage, you're not going to tell them that you are. That's the first rule of being a spy. spy. Like, imagine being that spy. That's, well, shit, yeah, I'm here for espionage. Like, oh, no, I got caught. Oh, oh fuck. You got me. Yeah. You and I like as well, when she got to the American embassy, they told her, and I quote, that's the worst box you could have ticked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's like, did you ever see that guy who got kicked out of America? Because, like, um, been before, before he flew out, he just tweeted out, can't wait to go to America, like, can't wait to go destroy America. As in, like, you know, oh, he's going to get pissed. Yeah. And he got kicked and... out because they thought it was... Ex- well, that's one of the things you can also do, is, like, when you apply for Nesta, you can put your Twitter account on there. It's like, why would I let why? them see that? Because wasn't there a, um, a guy or a group or something that got done for, like, we're going to go paint the town red? And they thought they were going to like go shoot people. And, and they it's thought like, no, it was it's a, a terrorist saying. threat. And it's like, no, it means we're going on the piss. Like, Jesus that was the one. Where it says, "I'm gonna, I can't wait to destroy America." And they just banned him, saying, "Well, you're threatening terrorists." It's like it means I'm <laughs> gonna go get pissed. <laughs> I just want to go and have a drink in America, man. But just that thing, though, of like, I accidentally said it. Like, who the fuck is going? And I want to know what terrorist has been stupid. It goes in what we were just talking about. There are people out there who are stupid enough to click it. Not that lady. Mm. Like, that was a mistake. But it, when you've got people going to airports and seeing, like, take your, bag, uh, take your electronics out of your bag, take your electronics out of your bag, take your electronics out of your bag, do not have electronics in your bag, take your electronics out of your bag, and they get there and say, can you take your electronics out of your bag? <laughs> there are yeah. people that dense. Mm. It's like, well, I might be engaged in espionage and genocide, but I'm certainly not a liar. I have got in the back of my head though. It's like, did she commit genocide thirty years ago and fell into the trap and like nearly got caught? It's like there's a a guy. There's plenty of stories, but one of the more famous ones is a guy who got put on the no fly list. Like, why, mm. why am I on the no fly list? And it turns out he had the same name as someone who was on the no fly list. Ah, uh, yes, yeah, yeah. And that happens a lot, and it's happened to um, plenty of random people, including like a two year old baby. And the oh, story, wow. like, they, like, there was some parents bringing a baby on board and, like, the passport, because all he does is when you put the passport and the name in, flagged it up and said, I'm sorry, your baby's on the no-fly list. It's like, what? What did my baby do? Because, well, your baby's on the no-fly list. It's like, <laughs> like, how? Exactly. And that's what and they thought. It'd be one of those things, oh, it'd be really easy to fix. You can just point to your baby and say, <laughs> it's, it's a, a baby. baby. And they're like, no, but the name's been flagged. It's like, but could there not be another person with my baby's name? Well, that's likely, yeah. So can I go up? No, because you're not on the line of flight. Well, I'm not. Your, I'm ba- the- your baby's not allowed to fly. It might be a threat. And he's like, points to baby. Like, it's a baby. And that's <laughs> it. And you'd think there'd be like some kind of contingency for common sense in that situation of like, this is a baby. How the fuck did it get on the no-fly list? It's clearly somebody else. It's somebody else. Especially when they looked at it and went, well, the offence was from like three years ago. So, so before my baby. <laughs> Been planning it for a while, hasn't it? He got reincarnated. <laughs> Like this baby's just sitting in the womb, like yes. But expecting like the TSA to have. And then the other one that this always cracks me up is a uh, a pilot was trying to get onto a plane and he had a knife in his pocket. But not just like a sharp knife. Which are one of the knives they give you to eat a, pl- a, me- a meal? Oh, like a steak knife? No, the one on the plane. That little crappy butter knife. Oh right. Okay. He had one of those on him, and he was getting like patted down by security, and they found it on him. Like, what you got this for? And like. Or tweet my lunch because why why are you carrying a knife and he just went well 
I work for the airline. And they legitimately asked him, what do you do? He's like, I'm a pilot. And he was stood there in full pilot's uniform. <laughs> and he was getting grilled by this, like, rent-a-cop security officer. Like, what do you need this knife for to eat my lunch? Why are you coming off? I'm a pilot. And they were saying, well, you could use it. And I think one of the things they said to him is, you could use it to take down the plane. And the pilot got really pissed and went, you pay me to sit behind the seat. You pay me to fly it. I could it. take down the plane without the knife. That's the thing. It's like, you pay me to sit and fly the plane. I wanted to take it down. I could just crash it on my own. Exactly, yeah. Well, the other one's like a trained soldier uh, was getting on with his um, gun. Getting on with his gun. They took his nail clippers off him. This is a story told to me by a friend of mine. His brother's in the army. And he was getting on board with a gun. And they took his nail clippers off him. And they said, well, what? why are you taking that off? He's like, well, you could use them to take down the plane. If I could take down the plane with nail clippers, I could take it down my bare hands. And they just gave him back. I, um... I do. I don't know why you mentioned just like soldiers getting onto public transport like that mm-hmm. triggers like just every time I've been to um like Disney Disneyland in Paris and yes. like you go to the train station that's like within the grounds of Disneyland and it's like oh yeah let's go to Disney the happiest place on earth I know it's not but like the you know the whole motto is the happiest place on earth and like and they very strictly there, maintain that facade yes and you. <laughs> You like get off your train, you start walking out the train station, get greeted by like 20 armed soldiers with like assault rifles. Please tell me they've got like Mickey Mouse logos on their outfit. No, of course they don't. <laughs> of course they fucking don't. And then you go through like um, a security check, and like they, you know, they do like similar to in airports. Some security check is like scan your bag, go through metal detector and stuff, and mm. then you're in the happiest place on earth. But it's just that juxtaposition of like, Oh yeah, let's go see Mickey Mouse like assault rifle security check. And then I still it's the think they should be wearing there. they should wear like Mickey Mouse masks. Do you know, like that the ears? <laughs> Would that make it more terrifying if it yeah. was a mask though? Yeah, because it's like you know Mickey Mouse is security. Because that's the Mickey thing we Mouse all know, like, branded assault rifles. Like let's go. But like, um, companies can fund that shit. Like Coca Cola has been for, like infamous for many years. Like they mm-hmm. funded a revolution in Colombia. And armed like paramilitary forces because Coca-Cola mm. factories were trying to unionize. That's a thing Coca-Cola have done. You can look it up. And like, they were arming paramil- paramilitary forces to violently suppress a unionization attempt. Like, I, I do can wanna, imagine Disney doing it. I do want to point out as well that like I I really appreciate that about I don't know how it is in other Disney's, but like uh, specifically Disneyland Paris is like I really fucking appreciate the there's so much security and security they're on the fucking there because I... like holy shit i would feel a lot less safe being in such a condensely crowded area without that it's like when i went to um uh i think it was disney i always forget whether it's disney world or disneyland but the one in um uh... disney world is florida and so i went the to rest disneyland. disneyland's so i went to disneyland then and it was quicker to get like eight thousand people into Disneyland from parking, so from parking, so it has its own section of the highway. Of so course, from yeah. getting onto the highway, there's Disneyland Highway, and mm-hmm. then getting into the park, so was quicker than I got off one plane. So they got like eight thousand people into Disneyland quicker than the border to America got mm-hmm. two hundred people off a plane. Honestly, like Disneyland seems like it's got some long waits for rides but they're really good at hiding the, it they have like psychologists the efficiency 
they have psychologists working on like every facet of the park is designed to hide the facts that you are in a park. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. But like the fact that they get people in and out as fast as they do for the level of like um, yeah, people in the airport, it's faster, the, it's, the it's faster than any other system I have ever been a part of in terms of like queuing and mass people and stuff. Like if you go to any other theme park, the waits would be three times longer because Disney just has their shit together. They have that money. Mm-hmm. They do not fuck around in uh, Disneyland. I'm not going to Disneyland when I go to America, but I am. I'm go- There's one place I'm going that I've been told, Carl, you've got to be. You've got to show some reverence and some Carl, respect. Carl, please don't get kicked out of Cincinnati Zoo. I'm going to the Cincinnati Zoo. Don't get kicked out, please. D- d- thing is, if people wonder why Cincinnati because that's where Harambe was. And the, mm-hmm. what makes it... And I, I know it's sad that the gorilla died. It's very sad the gorilla died, but... There's just something that's inherently funny about the response to it. And I saw a breakdown of this once where it is. The reason Harambe is so funny and has such longevity is because it's such an inherently sad thing that no business or corporate entity has tried to utilize it for their own ends. Like, Joe, like memes always get co-opted by businesses. Or always like fucking... Black History Month or Pride Month yeah, and shit any, like that, like no, anything that like the public has like a genuine care mm-hmm. for will get co-opted and bastardized by corporations trying to use it to sell your shit. Of course, that didn't happen with Harambe because it's too sad, and as a result, it stayed pure. Harambe was always pure. He was never like, uh, and I'm sure there's a couple of small examples, but there's ma- it's but, never been a main like you know mainstream adoption of. Harambe being used as like a meme by corporations or yeah. anything. And as a result, Harambe stayed pure. And that's why the longevity has lasted so long. And it's why it's like, and because it's only thing, it's so dark, the response to it is like, it's, it's, there's been breakdowns of it elsewhere. And I'm probably doing, not doing it just, but like, does that one stuck out to me? Like, it stays pure in people's minds because it's never, uh, the actual enthusiasm for it is not forced, it's not mm-hmm. manufactured. No company has told us to love her. Mourn her. And in fact, they've told us not to, which makes it funnier. Mm. Which means you, of course, telling the internet not to do something encourages us to keep doing it. Yeah, but obviously, the actual zoo itself don't like is it now. Really, really against making jokes about the fact that they had to shoot you know, a gorilla. It was a very popular gorilla. gorilla. Yeah. And here's the thing, though: that zoo has a giant golden statue of a gorilla. But it's not Harambe. It's not Harambe. But that again, I know it's sad and I know it's impossible, but it's just, it's so funny because the zoo doesn't want you to talk about it. That's what makes it funny. It's like Joe with the, are you familiar with the wrestler Chris Benoit? Of course, yeah. Yeah. Um, So very famously um, killed his wife and children. Very Mm. sad, very awful. And himself, I believe, as well. And himself, yeah. A terrible story. But what makes it funny in that dark way, and this is when people say all about dark humour. McCall. I think think this is a good example of that, is that the night he died, it was announced, the WWE had a two-hour just tribute to Chris Benoit. Every person in the company talks about Chris Benoit. They aired, like, footage of all his matches. Like, they cancelled their show that night to talk about how important Chris Benoit was, how much he meant to all of them. Next day, actual details of the story release, WWE scrub any mention of him from their website. 
I, yeah, to, to clarify, where... because all that all that they knew on the day, I believe, was that, that he Chris died. Benoit was dead. Yeah, they said they, him and his family had been found dead in their home, and they assumed, as you naturally would, it was a terrible, tragic accident. And that's why it's... And then, just them, after the fact, trying to just erase any mention of him, despite the fact they yesterday were like... Putting his name—that's what makes that. to him for hours on end, yeah. And that's what makes it funny. It's because the company doesn't want to have it brought up, and the fact that they don't means you want to because it annoys this giant corporate entity. And I know, like Cincinnati Zoo is not this giant. I was going to say, entity, like, but Cincinnati the, Zoo is not Elon Musk, Carl. You know that, right? But the fact that they're trying to suppress it means that people aren't going to. Like, the more you tell people not to do something, the more they will. Reverse psychology, isn't it? Yeah. Like, just psychology 101 of, like, just don't tell somebody not to do something because they're more likely to do it. But And it gets to I the am... point where the the actual joke itself is divorced from the context of, like, mm-hmm. something tragic happening, and it's more about just, like, that shared feeling of just being told not what to do. And if people want to see a picture of Harambe, you can, in fact, see it in the thumbnail of the every thumbnail... single podcast episode. If you just go look, you see that faded Harambe in the background, which I have had, like, when I've had interviews and stuff like that, or people want to quote me for an article or something and say, do you have, like, a, a photo we can use? I always send that one in. And that's what you told me, so that's why you use that as the picture for the podcast. And I remember, like, a few months back or whatever, just somebody in my Discord went, wait, why is Harambe <laughs> in the background of Carl's picture? Like, that's just, the thing. You know that's what? why it's, it's so funny to me. I don't even find the the thing funny anymore it's just like the reaction to it mm-hmm. is funnier because i don't even think they knew it was around me it was just why is, why there, is there a in the background and that makes and it, it even funnier that now like it's so divorced from the original context it's just now it's just a gorilla but i am waiting for like the tweet of just a story in two parts and it's <laughs> carl doing the grant gustin pose in front of the gorilla statue <laughs> And then Cole being escorted out of the zoo. Violently escorted out of the zoo. It's like, <laughs> like, yeah! yeah. Like, I am, I am 50% expecting that to be That's the thing. I won't because my girlfriend's asked me not to, so. I know. But I like, am going to smile. Also, but... There's also, like, the car there. I might willy do it. And I don't that's... want you two to clarify. I that's... don't want I want you to enjoy your day and not get kicked out of a zoo. But, like, like, I also wouldn't be surprised if I saw that. Like, do you remember, like, it's one of those... Were the ever given where it got stuck in the Suez Canal? And oh, was yes, that like course, yeah. it was like when it got released, everyone was like campaigning for the next guy through to do it again. <laughs> and it's just that thing of well, you know it's a bad idea, but it'd be mm. so fucking funny. <laughs> it's like you'll regret it immediately after, but for All that one moment, yeah. it would be so worth it. And that's that like, thing, like it would I would regret it because I'd get kicked out so like, everyone there's gonna hate me but and in that moment your day and get a bad name for yourself like it wouldn't be great it wouldn't be good but like for that one moment you'd be on top of the world yeah it's like when uh, I went to the the museum in Philadelphia for like American Civil War oh no and, and I'm a British person and we went in uh, to watch this like, a recreation of this battle and there was a person talking there and one of the things that they do to show how like poor the um, uh, like how bloody the battle was is um, who here thinks like you know they'd have a chance to survive this battle and a bunch of people stuck their hand up and then the person giving the tour went well actually this is one of the most crushing defeats the uh, uh, we like America ever had uh, mm-hmm. like 95% of them got wiped out and oh I'd have been alright then <laughs> <laughs> and just like for that, I think I was given a dirty look for it but for that moment just to say it out loud <laughs> it was fucking worth it 
It's like when uh, we walk in, the first thing you see when you go into this, um, the Revolutionary Museum is just a tribute to Great Britain to establish how powerful Britain was and why it ruled America. And you mm. walk in, there's this giant British flag and it just says, like, Britannia rules the waves with, like, this, the national anthem playing. I walked in, I'm like, yeah! I just... It's when, like, you see shit like that and then you've got British people being like, oh, I, I miss, like, when Britain was powerful. It's, do you mean when we murdered Fuck. everyone and took over the world? And that's one of, one of the things I want to clarify. Like, I'm doing it ironically because it's mm-hmm. just so over-the-top patriotic. It's funny. Because, like, for people that might not understand, like, if you're in America or whatever, like, there's a lot of, maybe, like, the older generation specifically that glorify they, they the pine. British Empire. They pine for the days when Britain ruled everything. And it's like they pine for the days where we colonized and murdered everyone we found and stole all their resources. They also like, pine for the days they didn't live through. Exactly. Like they're, yeah. they're actively like, nostalgic for... Are, for people like back in the 1800s. Like, remember the good old days? You don't remember the good old days. You like, didn't even. Did, like most people now didn't even go through World War II. No, you have that. There was a great example. I think Robbie Coltrane's like Hagrid from Harry Potter when he was mm. like, no, the hot topic issue of like J.K. Rowling's a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. And they were asking, like, every time a Harry Potter actor was having an interview, they'd ask him about it. And Robbie Coltrane's like, people today are too sensitive. They've never been fought in World War II. It's like, Robbie, you were born in 1950. <laughs> it's like, but you didn't experience But he sat there, romantic and talking about how the generation of today wouldn't have fought in World War II. It's like, well, you didn't. <laughs> it's like, you didn't fight in World War II. What the fuck are you talking about? But like, in his head, he's like, he did. But in his head, yeah, he's close enough to the initial incident where, like, his parents had recently gone through that and were talking about it as he was growing up. So like he grew up in enjoying his head, he the has that association with World War II. Yeah, he, and that's why it's the baby boomers. If anyone's ever wondered what the term boomer represents, he's like baby boomers because after World War II, it was an era of unprecedented economic success because we were just coming out of what people were celebrating. And what mm-hmm. do you think people did when they were something? They were fucking all the time. And there was like, <laughs> there was jobs everywhere because half the population had fucking died. Mm-hmm. And people in that generation enjoy just unprecedented success and prosperity as a result of the previous generation dying in droves, fighting a war so that they could enjoy that freedom. And then they take mm-hmm. that and go, well, we're the best. Mm-hmm. You, we didn't, like, you wouldn't have fought in the war. It's like, well, neither did you. You enjoyed the boon of this war and are now like you lording it the over. aftermath of like the generation before you all dying in your name and now you're talking about it as if it was a good thing it's like what and obviously like i'm i'm not saying that you know people shouldn't have fought in that war and it's more just like we, we can't get into all that but like you ask anyone who's like there's a few survivors of like those wars left mm-hmm. you ask them and it's like i fought so that people could enjoy their freedoms i would never wish like they always talk about like any time there's ever an interview with someone who survived World War II, they would always talk about, like, I would never wish it upon anyone. It was horrific. And then you have the people, the generation directly after The generation after them, yeah. Actively romanticizing the idea of going out and dying in war. And it's like, it was awful. We did it because we had to. We had to stop this madman from taking over the world. But it was a choice that we had to make. And we never wish for our children or our children's children to ever have to make. We created a world for them to prosper in. And they're like, no, fuck you. You kids think you've got everything handed to you. And it's something that I've brought up in the past and, like, just something that you see every now and then of, like, well, kids these days have it so easy, it's not fair. It's like, isn't that the goal? Yeah, do you not want... Isn't the... the goal to, like, improve the lives for the next generation so they don't have to deal with as much shit as we did? Like, 
It's, it goes back to what we said earlier. Look, it's fuck you got mine. Mm-hmm. Of like, it's how often do you see? It's like really true in the UK. Of um, how often do you see working class people shooting down or actively campaigning against social programs that would help them? Because they're worried it might help someone who's in a more unfortunate position. They might they'll shoot down programs like migrants and immigrants and um, low income families, even though benefits they would directly benefit them. Like that, yeah. Because and they will they will gladly suffer themselves so that others suffer too. Because they they can't stand to see somebody else get something they they're not having. It's kind of the opposite of what we were talking about earlier with like potential having to pay too much tax, and it's like people campaigning against benefits for more people because they worried that this hypothetical person is going to not have a job and live off benefits and it's oh, like, this yeah there are there are for sure there are a couple of benefit griefers and stuff but like they're gonna probably find a way around the system regardless of how it is and then and you're campaigning against more people getting benefits to be able to like live a comfortable life and that goes into like the um uh the nirvana fallacy i mentioned earlier that there's no perfect way to there will always be someone who abuses the system but that's not mm-hmm. a reason not to do it it's not a reason not to help people they see it as one and it's yeah. uh yeah just cutting off your nose to spite your face 100 like yeah. they're so worried that people won't suffer as much as they did that and it's that thing like they'll talk and people like british people especially will romanticize their own suffering and mm-hmm. i know i've been uh like guilty of that i'm very proudly um, working class and I will t- and I've taught many times like with my missus she finds it very confusing of like, um, like my childhood of like how deprived it was and she seems like you seem to be proud of that and it's like well, in a way I am because I went through all of that and I'm doing okay now it's like you know it's a point of pride mm. that um, uh, people like working class people like, you know they had a shit lot and they dealt with it and I think as well like a lot of the time uh, myself included like people that were brought up working class um kind of they they take that as an adult to be like well because of that i am a better and more well-rounded person mm. and which is not always the case yeah i've met plenty like, of working class people with pieces of shit but i and do there's agree. plenty of like middle class and upper class people that didn't become pieces of shit because they had everything given to them like it's not a be all and end all but i do agree in a sense that um just not so much suffering but just having to learn empathy and humility is an important part of growing as a person. Like having the ability to recognize that, okay, shit can sometimes be bad for people and having that empathetic situation. Now, like, okay, I know what it's like to not have very much. So then you can empathize with others. But then there are people who use that and they use it as a justification for not helping others. Like, well, no one helped me. And he goes, Mm -hmm. well, that sucks. That's awful. But we can't do anything about that now. We can, however, stop others from suffering the same fate that you did. Would you not want that? No. Well, I didn't why get not? shit, so why should they? But it's, well, I had to again, pay off my student loans. Oh, yeah. It's not cut and dry, and obviously, you know, there are people in every class that are assholes and good people, and mm. it just, it's more so the case that I think a lot of working class people see that, yeah, you're you're more forced into trying to understand, like, the struggles that other people have to deal with more commonly, whereas, you know, if you're a bit more well off especially growing up then you're not forced into the situation of like having to to look around and empathize with other people it's more of a choice you're insulated from that and that i have something that's like kind of a jumping off point for that but i'm going to go take a quick bathroom break and grab myself another drink so back in a sec
So apologies for that, mon frere, but uh, yeah, something I wanted to talk about this week, um, I've just been you know, having stuff on the background, mm-hmm. and one of the shows I've been watching just like, again in the background, is Star Trek The Next Generation. And how okay. familiar are you with Star Trek The Next Generation? It's... Uh, a couple of memes, that's the Picard one, right? Yeah, so I won't be talking yeah. too much about the show, it's just a jumping off point for something I saw and was like... That's actually incredible. I've never seen this in another show, except for like Star Trek and its ilk. And it is, uh, well, to set the scene, Star Trek uh, Next Generation and most of the Star Trek shows, with the exception of the newer ones, have a very whimsical and uh, I would say optimistic view of what humanity could be like in the future. And uh, in The Next Generation uh, specifically, they talk about how humanity is, is we're basically a post-scarcity society. In that universe, there's a, there's no want, there's no need. There's a, we've moved past the idea of things like racism and class and um, even jobs and all those arbitrary things that define people. And they have many episodes talking about how Picard, oh, well, Picard will give a big speech about how, um, yeah, most things are taken care of on Earth. We've, we've solved all, almost all of our issues. So now humanity just wants to learn and explore. Hmm. and grow as a species and see where we can like, you know, go in the future. And then they shit on that in the Picard series, so it's terrible. But one thing that I noticed while I was watching it is, uh, Joe, we've talked about like, you know, the Marvel shows, that they always have to end with a big CGI fight. Oh, yeah, I mean, I'd like to say there's, uh, there's still hope for Moon Knight yet, but we'll, we'll see where that goes. We will see where that goes. Well, something I noticed while I was watching Star Trek, they have an episode where... Picard crashes on a planet and he's on this planet with another person that he's not met. He's like the captain of some spaceship from an alien race. And Picard being the seasoned diplomat leader that he is, he's going, he's talking through what they're going to do. He's like, okay, so we need to, we can't stay in this ship because it's metal. It's sunny. It's going to boil. And there's mountains over there. That's where we'll find shelter. If there are mountains, there's shelter. We have shelter. We can survive, grab all the supplies we can. We'll walk over there. We'll get that done, and we're going to leave a note here for anyone who finds this wreckage, because the wreckage can be scanned and found, and pointing in the direction that we went. And the other guy looks at him and goes, who put you in charge? And how many, like, without naming a specific example, because it'd be difficult to pick one out, but how often have you seen in media that exact conflict of who died and put you in charge? Uh, it's a fairly common trope, isn't it? I was going to say, like, like, probably most, like, military-esque movies or TV shows have mentioned it at some point. They always, and then they have the dick measuring contest, and it causes an argument and a fight. Mm-hmm. And then that's, like, you know, what the drama of the episode or the, the film will hinge upon. It's like this, this frayed relationship. And Picard looks at the guy and says, you're right. You are a captain as well. I welcome your input. Is there something I suggested there that you would do differently? And the guy... He's taken aback and goes, no. He goes, okay then. And that's it. That's all the conflict in that episode. I went, I have never seen that. And that is such a refreshing thing to see. Mm-hmm. Of Picard goes, you're right. What would you do in this situation? I value your input. Done. And I was just like... Shuts them straight down. Straight down. Through diplomacy. I was like, why are the Marvel shows not like this? Why mm-hmm. don't they... Because it, it was so refreshing to see. And it's so interesting to see a problem solved through words. Yeah. And I just thought that was interesting. I noticed that we talked about the Marvel shows a lot of always ending a big fight. And I was like, this show proved you could do it. 
Like almost and every them, episode is just a speech. Solving the Marvel the shows themselves have like in earlier episodes proven that they can make dialogue interesting and then they just throw it all away every time. Yeah. And I'm hoping we can get to a point where they, they realize that feedback and, you know, Moon Knight can end in a conversation between Moon Knight and the villain or something like that. You know um, it's not going to. I don't think Moon Knight will because it's like relatively action based already and it just it really, really goes to show that it's like kind of a shame that One Division came first because One Division was the one with the best setup to end in a non-action based manner. Yeah, and it was really frustrating. But I just thought that was interesting because we've talked about that concept a lot of um, like at the end of a conversation, I was watching a show where that's exactly what happens. Mm-hmm. And the fact it's just so... It's not even mentioned. It's like it's not even a central conflict in the episode. It's just a one brief moment mm-hmm. where the character acknowledges, you're right, I am steamrolling what you're going to say here. What's your input in this situation? And that shuts it down. It's like, it's just to see people act in a realistic way and not just fight. Or not even really realistic, just fighting for the sake mm-hmm. of fighting or drama in the episode. And like the drama of the episode is like, caused by something else it's not by just someone being a dickhead yeah it's a it's definitely refreshing it's weird to like think that well obviously not when it comes to star trek because star trek is famously not as action-based but like it is it's strange to be talking about oh how refreshing is this to see from a show that's what in the 90s yeah I don't, don't get me wrong, I don't know the exact date that like Next Generation was out or whatever, but yeah. It's around the 90s, yeah. And it's just weird to think that, oh yeah, look look at this really progressive, lovely episode. It was like when it was from, oh, 30 years ago. Just sometimes it's nice to just see a version of humanity that's hopeful. Mm-hmm. So that's the nice thing that you're watching. It's like it's hopeful for what humanity can achieve, and it's I can consider like uh, Next Generation like it's one of my comfort shows. Mm-hmm. Of just, it's nice to see this. Like there is conflict, there is bad things happen, but for the most part, it's just as long as we support and understand each other, we'll be okay. And that's like the ultimate overriding aspect and message that's throughout the show of just yeah humanity can be better we, we can move past these petty squabbles of just like understanding and diplomacy will get us and then you're just like ah. sometimes mm-hmm. i wish that media wasn't escapism i i wish that i like the escapist media that i'm now consuming isn't because it shows that humanity can be better mm-hmm. and it's like why is that escapist why is that not just reality yeah oh dear I thought that was interesting. That's something I made a note of, but I thought I'm going to forget that by the time I um, uh, get back from America. Yeah, fair, yeah. Oh, well, uh, I did have one thing that I'd looked up to talk about this episode, and it's just, you know, the classic. I found a Reddit post for this car. Oh, yes! And, you know, this is one of the ones we like to refer to of like am i the asshole so one of my okay so favorite i am pages 100 down for this let's go right so am i the asshole great subreddit the problem is to get all the good shit on am I the asshole it's like 
People who are genuinely being assholes get downvoted, and as a result, their posts don't rise to the top. And even though the subreddit has, and this goes with what we talked about earlier, like everything on the subreddit says, if someone's being an asshole, don't downvote them, upvote them so more people can see it. People mm-hmm. still downvote them. It's like, yeah. <sighs> it's a problem with Reddit for sure. So, like, the top ones, like one of the ones I found here, are normally are like not the asshole post. But I still find it interesting that, like, people post these questions and, like, whether you want to believe they're true or not, like, it's, for the most part, it, it seems as though, like, the ones that we pick out are, we do our best to, like, try and weasel out those, like, karma farmers and stuff. Even if they're not, the fact that people are responding to them as if they are, their responses can also be quite useful. Of like, mm-hmm. yeah, It's like saying, like, um, a, a movie's fake, but people's response to the movie is real, it's genuine. And that yeah, can, exactly. You know, it can, they can have value talking about that. So so today we have a post that is, um, am I the arsehole? I'm so excited. For, for what I said after my husband commented on my flat chest. Okay. So already some red flag in there. Straight away, yes. Straight off the bat. But we'll start with this. Uh, my husband Jared and I have been married for three years and I love when they just name and shame the person. It's like it, not... Oh, my husband, I won't name them. Or my husband, like, Bob, fake name. It could be a fake name. We don't know. But Jared seems too specific. It's not like Steve. It's not like a generic name you'd use in place of someone else's name. Um, So they've been married for three years. He's currently out of work. Used to work at a high-paying job, but got kicked out of the company over a fight with a co-worker. And now I'm the one paying for rent and utilities. All right. Okay, so so quite well there. We dedicate some time to see his family weekly. They don't know he's unemployed because he thought they'll see him as a failure, especially his mum, so he told me to keep it a secret. And people can probably see where this is going. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> last night, we were sitting, eating dinner at the table. His cousin was talking about his fiance going to Brazil to do a boob job. Jared asked if he was serious, then uh, flattered this person's boob saying that they are perfect he didn't understand why she'd get a boob job he then turned to me stared at my chest while i was eating like an idiot uh in parentheses i have a flat chest i'm insecure about it but guess what i can't do anything about it obviously Mm -hmm. and then he said hey why don't you get a boob job you're the one who needs it the most uh his mum gasped and was like jared i said it's fine i then turned to him and say it's fine, I'll get a boob job once you get an actual job, since you've been employed for six months now. Unemployed. Yep. Yeah. He oh. stared at me in disbelief. His mum began questioning about being unemployed. He denied it and denied it, then eventually admitted it was true. He got awkward with his mum scolding him and others shaming him for hiding it. He got so overwhelmed, he went outside and stayed inside the car until I came. There's a bit more, but like, fucking thought so far... What a fucking loser of a man. There is yep. nothing we talk about all the time. Like there is, we talked about in this episode, there's nothing worse than just the small penis energy of the men who are like, it's like, mm-hmm. fuck. And you know as well, guys like that always talk about being manly and stuff. It's like, the, admit your weaknesses then. Yeah. It and the fact not... that not only was he fired from his job, he's then like, hiding it. Too scared to go and do anything about it and to talk about it and like hiding it from his family for six months. 
It's like real men aren't scared of their fucking mum. And then also, like, dear God, men, like, there are women with big boobs and small boobs and there are preferences and whatever, but if you're that bothered about, like, a woman not having big boobs, like, what are you doing? Why are you trying to get with them and then shame them for having, like, as she described, a flat chest? Is that... you know what you're getting yourself into. It's not like they're going to grow overnight out of somewhere. Like, why the fuck do you give a shit? When it comes to stuff like this, it's it's not even that the guy cares. It's just he knows, like they said, like the wife's insecure about it. So I imagine mm-hmm. that's an insecurity she's um, made um, uh, obvious apparent to, to him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, apparent. That's the word I was thinking of there. Thank you very much. Is So he's saying that just to make her feel better. And that's one of those things. I'll make himself feel better. And that's one of those things that bullies do of just saying stuff to get other people down because you feel like shit and rather than try and build yourself up or make others feel better and then make something it's like and it goes exactly what we'll be talking about today of like making i'd rather make other people feel worse than like rather than improving everyone's lot in life Mm -hmm. i'd rather drag everyone down to my level because that's like this guy's feeling down because he's not got a job anymore and then he's like taking it out on his wife and picking on her insecurity and it's like you don't need to to do that you don't need to pick on her insecurity you're being an asshole like i think this one's again quite cut and dry of like this guy is clearly a dickhead and she needs to just like get the fuck away from him it's like a bit of a dick move to out him but like it's they always start to and this one of the things i say yes technically what you did is a bit of a dick move but it's very understandable with context when you add context mm-hmm. to these situations like i don't think anyone would blame you for being emotional in that situation of just like yeah if someone made a dig at you you're responding in kind which is childish but sometimes like we said earlier like you feel on top of the world in that moment mm-hmm. sometimes it, you just see that renegade option and you gotta yeah. do it press that right trigger you gotta go um you know what good on this woman for doing so because fuck this person and like we can just i guess get the rest of the post mm-hmm. uh gone through and it's like he started yelling at me repeatedly you couldn't have held your effing tongue and then accused me of turning his family against them and having them judge and shun him now we can't even step a foot in their house from shame and guilt i argued that his comment about my chest was insulting but he said that he was giving me a piece of advice and there is nothing wrong with him wanting me to look pretty there's nothing wrong with he... wanting to get a better job then mm-hmm. or a job that's the thing you can always t- and that's whenever you get out weird men doing this like you can turn everything they say around on themselves and i was like well that's different and apparently he said what he said out of support and encouragement but what i did was the complete opposite and it was tended to hurt him and i succeeded he dropped me off at home then went to stay with his buddies I called him later thinking he'd calm down, but his friend said he didn't want to speak to me and I should give him space. You should also give him some divorce papers as far as I'm concerned. See, what she needs to do, she needs to message him just saying, like, I've learned about this experimental penis extension surgery in Brazil. Do you want to go for... You should probably do with a bit of that and see how he reacts. Because mm-hmm. I bet it'd be very, very... innovative. Why would you say that? You know I'm insecure about that. Yeah. That's not fair. That's not something I can, I can yeah, do I anything about. I can't help about. that. Well, you can. Go get the surgery. I don't want to get a surgery. I don't want to mutilate myself for you. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And the don't... idea, again, she points out, like, she is insecure. 
And he must know that because they are fucking married of three years. Yes. So at some point that must have come up and then he turns it around on her and is like, no, I said that about, I, I said it out of support and encouragement. It's like, no, you said it to be a dick and hurt them. Mm-hmm. Just like she turned around and did to you. It's like, it's like for like, it's tit for tat. Mm-hmm. So it's very childish, but sometimes it feels good to just be petty. And like it, she even uh, you know in one of the replies, um, it's like I did feel like I went too far for is telling his family, but it's also the truth. Um, and then she also points out like um, he didn't just have like an argument with a coworker to get fired, but it lasted months. He told me his coworker be was being unethical, but I got told that he, my husband, violated the coworker's privacy to snoop on him. And it resulted in a fight, and then he got kicked out. Yeah, it's it's that thing of like, yes, um, you're both in the wrong, but just it's, it's understandable. Like I say, it's it feels, completely understandable. It feels like, good to be petty, and the fact that she's even having the um, uh, the self awareness to be like, "Oh, I upset him. What should, did could I do something wrong?" And the fact that he's like childishly like sulking away and getting his friends to communicate with her. I can't believe you'd say that after I was just being supportive. Yeah, it shows like more personal growth. Like they're both, 100%. they both did something petty and silly, but she at least has the self awareness to realize that. And like to go and, you know, be like, oh, was, was I going too far? And like reflecting on it. And he's likely just sat there stewing in his anger. Well, you were a dick and she was a dick back. You got what you were given, basically. Just really funny. It's like so. Like this is always hilarious because it's just what are they doing? What are they doing with their life? I just I don't know what self-respecting husband would say that to a wife anyway. Let alone one that has been out of a job and she is like supporting him to the extent of like not even telling his family that she was supporting him for those six months hmm. and she didn't want anything back. All she wanted was to not get like fucking shat on by him. It's like, just at the very least, just give me a little bit of uh, respect, please. Just a bit just, of human decency. Just a little bit. Mm-hmm. After just... I am paying all of our like rent and bills and looking after you as you were the reason you were a massive asshole enough to get kicked out of your job. It's always the thing, like the old thing, like what don't bite the hand that feeds you. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, of course, you're more than welcome to like respond. To that. It's just like anyone in that situation, just like, dude, you've got a good thing going here, don't ruin it. But like, I just, I, I, the fact that a person, regardless of like, you know, the amount of money earned and who was and wasn't in a job, I couldn't imagine being that disrespectful to my girlfriend. Not in public. I couldn't, that's the I couldn't one imagine like, being like that disrespect to my girlfriend full stop. That's the like saying something like that, you'd think you at least have that self-awareness to say it when you're in. In private. But like, yeah. even then it's completely inexcusable. But like, just, oh God. I don't know what, especially what men are thinking. I didn't, I, I'm wondering what went through that guy's mind. Of like, He thought right there like, this is great. Unprompted as well. That's like I always love when you get stuff like it's like um, uh, when you go see the uh, 
like one of the subreddits that I've really started liking recently. I, I think yeah. I've talked about it before is like Ask Men. And uh, I always go and ask right. like so there's someone there that are just they're so fucking funny mm-hmm. when you go on. And like I think the one I shared on Twitter a couple of days ago is just um uh, uh, fellas, what did you realise you were doing wrong? And um, when you moved in with a woman and like you just sought by controversial on every single one. It's like everything, everything, everything mm-hmm. all my wife ever did was complain. She never stopped complaining. I can't believe she was such a bitch. It's like I wonder why that his wife didn't like it. Not one of these men have come together to like knock those noggins together and go, Maybe we might have been a problem. I think like one I saw the other day was um uh, and again, I recommend reading through it and just like with that lens of the it was set up ostensibly for to be a, a wholesome place of support for men to give other men support because that is something that is needed. There's very little out there. There's a lot been written about how men need a lot of support because they don't get it. Mm-hmm. Like um, the, the men suffer under the patriarchy of like we're supposed to be strong, we're supposed to not show emotion. That does hurt men. And not having a way to vent and talk and emote and just work through things in a healthy way is mm-hmm. detrimental to men's health. But then you have that underlying subset that just like it's only a, a fraction of the actual base, but they're so vocal and it's just like bitter men who hate yep. all that. Mm-hmm. And that's why you always go on and sort by controversial and it's just always just like... <sighs> They just they they like, just don't they just don't get it, no. and they never will. It's just an awfully like boneheaded, old fashioned way of thinking, and they can't get it through. Like, the times and the world has changed, and they'll never mm-hmm. understand. And it's so fucking funny to me to see just when you go through and the absolute lack of any self awareness and the fact like. All they ever do is just hiss at women and mm-hmm. hiss about women, think about it, and then they never realise. And also complain about the fact they can't get women. That's the that's the classic one, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Of um, uh, they don't seem to realise. They always, I think it was a great one that was floating around the other day of just this, this guy complaining of like, well, I always like whenever I go out, I just see women with men who are uglier than I am shorter mm-hmm. than I am have less money than I am this makes no sense it's like well maybe they're nicer than you and it's like fuck off it's like there we go done <laughs> just like his interest like no a genuine thing maybe they're just nicer than you maybe like mm-hmm. you know these women like their personality it's like no fuck you it, it can't possibly be that yeah it's like so we have here, it's Lucas. almost parody isn't it are you ready speaking of almost parody so ask men the top one from five in the last five days so this, like, I've not seen this one before, but I'm going to guess. I'm going to try to ask you to see if you can guess what the um, responses when I saw my controversial are. So men who previously had no luck with women, because that's one of the things that's great about Ask Men. It's all, almost every single thing in it is just like, it's supposed to be a place for men to talk about men's issues and all they ever mm-hmm. do is bitch about women. Anyway, mm-hmm. men who previously had no luck with women, what did you change? Um, and then it says, what changes made a difference? If I sort by controversial now, Lucas, what do you think we're going to see? I mean, I'm assuming there's going to be some comments of like, I didn't do anything because I don't need to change. 
Yeah, there'll be a couple of those, I imagine. I'm, I'm going to guess there was like just some guys like, I start acting like an asshole. 100%. Wi- yeah. Women like it when you act like an asshole, even though, ask, and, and here's the thing, like, if there's guys out there who think like that, maybe we can reach them right now. Go find a woman that you can talk to. Not just a woman, a woman that you trust and can talk to and ask them if that is the case. And if you don't have a, wo- a woman in your life who you can trust to have this conversation with, that might be part of the problem. Because I have literally never encountered any woman who said that they like assholes. I've oh, known treat women who date- mean, keep them keen, right? I've known women who've dated men who aren't very nice, and they've mm-hmm. said that after the fact, but there were other factors that attracted them to those men. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the fact they were... Well, that's the thing. These guys, they can't see past that. They can't see that this man might have something else to offer beyond um, uh, his personality. And I, we know we said there uh, some men have that. Like, different people value different things. Mm-hmm. Just, just go out and ask the women out there. They're not attracted to these men because they're arseholes. And even though the case, they, the women might not even see them as arseholes. The men might not even be arseholes by most people's standards. You don't like them. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. Not everybody is you. We have, oh, here we go. Top controversial comment, Lucas. I started treating women like crap. Once I I stopped being nice, it was like I flipped a switch and I got so much attention. Women say they want a guy to treat them right, but that's clearly not true. Number one. That's the number one. Straight away. And we have here, this is like controversial, which means it's been heavily downvoted. Mm. And this is from, it says, woman here. Women are people. We don't all like the same things. There is no singular dress code, hairstyle, body shape, or character trait that will bag you a lot of female attention. It simply does not work like that. Focus on yourself, your own style, taste, and interests. Be the person you want to be, and that will attract the attention of, here's the the rub, like-minded women with whom you are more likely to be compatible. Also remember that just being attracted to someone or liking certain aspects of their character, having good sexual chemistry and shared interests, isn't always tantamount to compatibility. Sometimes habits, routines, life goals, opinions, experiences, attitudes, all manner of non-physical, non-superficial things make us incompatible with people we otherwise adore, and that's okay. Don't force things that aren't working. Obviously, there are some things that everyone expects, like good hygiene, but that's a universal thing. Men and women expect the same fundamentals. We're all human, and male or female, um, we, we are not a singular entity you can impress all in unison with a few simple tricks. And then there's an edit here. Um, I thought the perspective of an actual woman might be valuable, but I'm getting downvoted. Um, well, Carl, that's because she doesn't understand and she clearly hasn't found the cheat code uh, to win that, yet. And that is like the most perfect example I was just talking about there of you have a woman here and that is like the most reasonable all that's, in, a, like, that's a very well put reasonable together. That like, should yeah, just be sure. stickied at the top of this thing and every time some guy asks about attracting a woman, just copy paste that as their mm-hmm. response. But because there are men out there who've convinced themselves that no women like assholes, like, well, you've got a woman right here. Mm-hmm. We're telling you what I have heard every other woman in my life express. But no, they're wrong. Mm-hmm. You're wrong. I know you're wrong. It's like, This is what happens when, like, and you got the response. To men that. ask men how to get a woman, and it's like, Wait, why, why don't, you, don't ask you ask a woman? And then a yeah. woman answers, like, and we have it right here. Why is this getting downvoted? It's called ask men. We want men's advice. Like, why would you want a man's advice and not attract a woman? Surely you want the woman's advice. Yeah. If that's what you try, to it's like if I was out there, like I don't know, if I wanted to learn how to um, uh, do anything, 
I'd probably go ask the person who is like the expertise in that regard. And who's more of an expertise on what women like than women? And that's the thing. I think it speaks to just that inherent superiority like some men have of just they know what women want more than men. Uh, than women more do. Than women, yeah. Even and when like, you have a woman here saying that and you've got men in her responses telling her she is wrong. I I did fall into that trap of like mainly asking my male friends for a, quite a while of like, how do I get women? How do I impress women and stuff? And then like the best advice I got was just talking to women, talking to female friends I have. Oh, oh this makes me feel wrong. Oh no, oh no. The market changes as you get older, wiser and richer. You are the appreciating asset. They are the depreciating asset. I might just hang up from Discord now, Carl. Uh, just, I've got other things. To, yeah, just by, okay. Oh my God. That's like how a psychopath looks at things. That's like Patrick Bateman. I was about that. to say, was that from like you slash Patrick Bateman? And then there's like a bunch of comments like, I find this to be true. This is true. Or yeah, women didn't like me till I was rich. And uh, had loads of money. It's like, you mean women didn't like you until you had like a well-paying job, stability and confidence? Hmm, I wonder mm. what... And it's like, no, it's the job. It's like, it's not... It's like, there's other facets of your first night that are inputs for these things. Mm-hmm. But generally speaking, nobody wants to date a bum with a shit job. We have here another one. just kind of part of life. Yep, we have here, look, Lucas. This is another one that's controversial, which means it has been downvoted to the point where no one wants to vote it. Um, and I'm just going to read out the advice and I'm going to tell you what the name of the person is. So a lot of advice that people are missing um, is to see women as people emphasized. They have their own thoughts, feelings, interests, likes, and dislikes. You probably see spotting a pattern here of things that get downvoted. Um, most women know that when the only goal a man has is sex, it is dehumanizing and gross. And the advice they have is make female friends, chat with your co It's the same advice I just gave. Chat with your co-workers, talk to other people's girlfriends platonically with no end goal. You'll find out what you like in a person. Maybe they can set you up with someone else or you can socialize and meet someone new. Do not hit on women when they're trying to mind their own business. Um, don't compliment their physical attributes. Compliment their outfit, their hair or their accessories. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Like, Don't compliment like nice tits, love. Say, that's a really nice dress. I like that because that says about their per- That is something that they chose. And you're complimenting mm-hmm. not just their outfit, but their personality there. And if you have a hobby or an interest, don't gatekeep or test if they're a real fan. And then finally, wash your ass and dick, downvote to oblivion with comments from people telling it to shut up. And that's probably like the, alongside that advice I just read earlier, is so good. And it's from someone called Stinky Bunghole. <laughs> and that's one I, I love, like, that ask men. It's like, I know that you probably will get some, but when you just... F- sought by controversy. It's like, well, what's the most controversial thing in here? It's a guy with some incel Patrick Bateman level shit and then two women giving really good, clear advice of how to be an attractive person. Not just to women, just as a person. And they're getting downvoted to oblivion by men who want an easy answer. Mm -hmm. And I think it's something we can speak to in regards to like all the times we get asked advice on anything from life to uh, uh, meeting women in YouTube. People always want an easy answer. Yep. 100%. 100%. Then they're uh, mad when you tell them that there isn't a cheat code or an easy yeah. answer. And it's to the point where they'll react violently and lash out. Like, how many times have we been asked, how do you get started on YouTube? And whenever we say, well, it took like a decade of work and um, uh, solid um, uh, grasp of the fundamentals. It's like, yeah, but how do I get 
to where you are right now or 10 years mm-hmm. of work but how do i skip all that you can't mm-hmm. it's the same thing with this like how do i get a woman well first you gotta like you know be a person women to be attracted to which requires like you know working on yourself no i don't want that what do i say to this one particular woman to get that women don't work like that and i will say as well like it's definitely advice to work on yourself but also never fall into the the trap that a lot of people like put out there of you can only find love when you completely love yourself it's like that's bullshit And people that don't 100% love themselves are not, like, inherently worse than other people and are still, like, entitled to support and love. Of course, yeah. Like, no, everyone makes their own boundaries and stuff, and everyone can Mm -hmm. um, set what they want from life. And we have Lucas at Red here. I used to be nice. Now I'm an arsehole. Now women love me. And that's got more upvotes. It's still controversial, but it's got more upvotes than the the two pieces of advice I gave earlier. Mm Mm-hmm. So more men in this subreddit see that as good advice than here's actual well-written, well-reasoned advice from two women that I think is like, as I said, that should just be pinned at the top of like every post asking for help with the relationship. It's pretty spot on, yeah. Uh, here's another one. Don't treat women like objects. Shockingly effective to treat women like thinking, feeling human beings and also not like hunting for sex like I'm a leopard in the Serengeti. Downvoted to oblivion with a comment saying you're wrong. Yeah, and it, it reeks of the vibes of the same people that are like, there's no such thing as a platonic relationship between a man and a woman. Mm-hmm. Like, there's always, like, one or the other looking for sex. It's like... Women are true. selfish and just want money. I became a better person. It's weird how that works. Stop being assholes, downvoted, and top response, no. Of course. Stop treating women as women and, like, regular people and things will go well for you. And it's like, someone said, it's so sad that you have to talk like this. It's like, no, you're wrong. Yeah. It's it's incredible. And that's the thing. We deal with this all the time, being on the internet. Of just, we'll get advice. Like, we get asked for advice. Like, you know, we started with that guy asking, how did you get a yank girlfriend? And I I sent that to my missus and she's like, what is he even trying to ask here? Mm -hmm. Is he asking how I got a girlfriend or is he asking how I specifically attracted someone from another country? And it's like, well, one... I don't talk about women like an object that is to be won and earned. So I've already got that covered. And two, we live in a world where you're able to interact with people from across... We're talking from like several hundred miles away right now. Yeah. The world is a lot smaller than you realize. The internet's the thing now. But it's like that thing, it's that question like, how did you do this? Like as if she was a prize to be won and that it wasn't a mutual thing where we were both like had a, a shared mutual attraction and worked from there and I we talked to each other like people. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, how'd you get it? And I think my girlfriend's done the best way. She just sent me back a thing and the Spongebob text of how get woman? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the how get woman? How do you do it, Luca? How get woman? I hope that's what we get into that like um, uh, Cal's Corner QA now. Um, how, how get, get woman? woman? There was like Yahoo Answers things like how is Bobby I believe you just like go to their dads and trade a camel for them or something. I, I think that's how it works. It's great. Like, how get woman? It's like, well, you start treating them like people. So no, how do I skip all that? <laughs> Give me the cheat code card. Give, Give me the me cheat. The cheat. Like, how do I, like, well, do you think you could, and my favourite thing about that is either um, the man has so little respect for women that they think that they can be, like, won mm-hmm. and, like, tricked like a, a chicken. Or an animal. Or that they themselves lack any sort of personality or depth as a human. That they could be one in the same way. 
Mm-hmm. It's like how many men have you seen like when they talk about stuff like this are like, oh, I just want a woman to cook and clean for me. And it's really you don't want anything more than that. Well, you want, want sex as well. Yeah, you want a maid. Yeah, you want a maid who sleep. You don't want a living, breathing human being who challenges you and encourages you to be better. And it's like no, and they'd be, and they'd legitimately just be happy because they have no depth beyond that. This side. It is, and it's that those thing. I don't know which one's more depressing to think about. That they think that women are like an animal that can be tricked that easily, or that they themselves have no depth and can't understand why when they interact with people who do have it. Should I tell you what? Just like go and watch top ten chat up lines guaranteed to get you women on YouTube or some shit. Oh man, only one good chat line. Hello, it's the only one you need. Hello. No, but Carl, there are scientifically proven ways yeah. to get any wanna, woman you want on the street. So how can when I message a woman on Tinder saying hi, she doesn't respond? Because it's almost like it's a different situation to being in person. And that when you're in person, there are a multitude of factors that come into play. Yep. Whereas Tinder is like, it's a text and you can read so little. Mm-hmm. Like there are, there are things like, you know, tone and body language and you know, uh, like multiple scenarios that you can be in when you're meeting people in person. The only thing they have to go off when you're messaging them on Tinder is a picture and the first message that you send. Remember, if that isn't an interesting message, then what's their interesting response got to be? Do you remember where we talked about that guy who I found who was complaining about bios on Tinder being unfair? Mm Mm-hmm. Because like they had to write an interesting one and they were getting no dates because women didn't find them interesting and they didn't do anything with their life and they were making that everyone else's problem. They're like, it's everyone else's like I I am not interesting, so it's unfair that Tinder asks me to be interesting. I saw one the other day where it was like someone put it in the bio like, um, I have plenty of red flags, but I'll be worth it. And it's like we all have red flags, but the fact that you feel the need to put that in there is a, a red flag in itself. My favourite one is like another um, subreddit, it's like the R Tinder one, where it's just women yeah. sharing like, oh, I have like just a picture of me. And here's a guy who just slid into my DMs, he's like, fuck you, want to go on a date? And it's like, that's not how women work. And the, like, who's teaching these men, this is how you attract women? Because they're wrong. Yeah. But that's the thing, every time you try and tell them, we just seen, we went through it right there in real time. Of you have this really great, well-reasoned advice from actual women that would be applicable to ninety-nine percent of people and would help them, not wait, just get women downvote it. No, they're telling me that I have to check. I've got wait. It requires work. Being a good person requires work and effort. Fuck that. Tell me the cheat codes. And yeah, speaking of cheat codes, Lucas, because I'm not even here for two weeks, so you're going to be yeah. Uh, streaming no doubt these next couple of weeks you're taking no time of fire so we'd like to tell the people where they can find you for the next couple of weeks uh yeah it's twitch.tv slash legend of canto and of course uh i'll be like just streaming i guess my usual days of like monday 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 tuesday Tuesday, and thursday um and i stream like about 9 10 p.m uk time um so yeah go Go check that out. And also, like, you know, if you feel like you you would like to, please go and rate this podcast on whatever podcast service you use. That's the thing people can do. It. And then for me, um, uh, I will be streaming one last time before I go to America. 
Bum, bum, bum. And I'm going to be streaming Revengeance. Of course. Of course. So I thought I'm going to play the I'm going to play the most America game possible because I need to stay up till four in the morning anyway, or three in the morning to get my train. So I thought if I stream, complete that game, I usually complete it in like five hours. I'll be done, mm. and then I'll just like because um, I'm just going to go drink. I'm going to be doing nothing but drink coffee. Yeah, for, for the entire time, so I can sit, so I can crash when I'm on the plane. So if you happen to be listening to this podcast on the day it's released and uh, want to see me drinking coffee and playing Revengeance because I'm going to America in like eight hours and I've got 14 hours of flights ahead of me. Mm-hmm. Check me out on twitch.tv slash Carl S. Wood. Carl's Wood. And then I'll be back in two or three weeks. 